everyone, I'm Lily. And I'm Anna, and welcome back to At Home With Lily and Anna. A podcast where we catch up every week from our homes in London and Brighton. We're back, guys. We We are are back. back. (laughs) (laughs) This is so exciting. I can't believe it. How long has it been since we recorded an At Home With episode? I think it's been about 18 months since the Christmas special and two years since our last official series. That is so crazy. That is so crazy. But guys, we're back. A new podcast every Thursday coming at you. Lily is at her home in London. I'm at my home in Brighton. And this is a new, like, this is an evolution of At Home With. At Home With part two. Yes, we're back with a slightly different format. We used to be the guests in other people's homes, but this time around, you guys are the guests in our homes. I'm really looking forward to this one. Like, we've wanted to continue with a podcast literally for the past two years, but we could just never find the right format. We could never find the right setting. Obviously, we live in different places. A lot has changed in our lives since we did the last podcast. Like, Yes, I have a baby. Lily has a baby. Lily, you have a (laughs) one-year-old. I have a one-year-old. How crazy (laughs) is that? If you guys don't already follow us on Instagram, you might not have seen that since lockdown, we started doing Instagram lives every Saturday. Um, It was just a spontaneous, fun thing to do. And it very quickly became this like official 1.30 on a Saturday, the same format every week. You guys were so supportive of our Instagram lives. So thank you so much if you watched them. So we wanted to turn it into something a little bit more permanent. Yeah, we we really enjoyed doing them. And I have to give Lily the credit for that. Like Lily was like, Anna, I feel like we need to do something. And then I was like, yeah, sure. You were like, let's do an Instagram live once a week. And then, yeah, a couple of weeks in, I voice noted Lily. I was like, Lily, this is the podcast. We've we've made a podcast (laughs) without even realizing. And so our podcast now will be split into two parts. And the first part is very similar to what we were doing on our Instagram lives. And they were just like little updates of our week, like what we've been up to, what we've seen on TV, things we've seen online, things we have bought, just generally like our long distance friendship catch-ups. Yeah, exactly. Our top five things of the week and they all have like fancy little names, which is fun. Which and I then... really thought. About. <laughs> <laughs> love, love a catchy name. And then the second half of the podcast is where you guys come in. That's where we'll be answering your questions, discussing different topics every week. And we've actually set up a Facebook page for this where you can kind of get involved with the community and we can catch up with you guys. So we'll leave the link to the Facebook page in the show notes. What's it called? At Home With? It's just called At Home With Lily and Anna. Okay. It's very easy to find if you put At Home With it, basically like auto-completes on Facebook. Come join the community. And we just wanted that to be like a direct line to the podcast. We want to include you guys as much as we can, get questions from you guys, get feedback. What do you want to hear us talking about? And so, yeah, that will always be the second half of the podcast. It will be based on a topic. And we thought today, just to like kick things off, Let's just do something about blogging, us, our history. (laughs) Like, I mean, this is all about us, guys. But you know what I mean? Like, just kind of an an origin story of me and Lily, how we met, how we got into this. Um, And thank you so much for all of your questions. We took them off the Facebook group and we will be answering those in the next section after we've talked about our little highlights of the week. Can't wait. So usually we start with our peak of the week, but this week we'll be skipping straight to the next category. Yeah, the next category is watch, like, share, repeat, where we talk about things that we've seen online, um, things that have made us laugh, made us think, and we just can't and won't ignore the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, What started as a reaction to the tragic murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor continued throughout the week as a tribute to so many others that came before them, and with an unprecedented and quite frankly, sadly, long overdue surge of support for the Black Lives Matter movement across the world. And it'd be ignorant not to mention it and to share our condolences. It's been the most powerful week. All content was paused and Anna and I, along with so many others, spent the week to further educate ourselves on how we can be more actively anti-racist in our everyday lives and how to acknowledge and use our white privilege for good. There have been so many helpful resources shared online. We wanted to share some that we've read over the past week. There have been so many. Um, I think Lily has done the same as me. We've both now got like a Black Lives Matter highlight on our Instagram. So if you check out our profiles, we've shared things all over the past week and we've saved everything there. Thank you so much to those of you who pointed me in the direction of Rachel Cargill. She's at rachel.cargill on Instagram and she's a writer 
and an anti-racism activist, and she has a wealth of resources available on how to be a better ally to the black community. If you go on her Instagram, she has a 30-day newsletter workshop. Um, it's called hashtag do the work. And each day she provides information and learnings around the ways that you can be actively and intentionally be anti-racist. Um, also, Jessica Morgan um, is a UK-based journalist and has written a brilliant piece called How You Can Support Black People Today, Tomorrow and Forever, which is so informative and contains a list of places to donate to, petitions to sign, books to read and films to watch. And if you're unable to donate, then watch the Revive Music live stream. And there's quite a few of these, so have a quick Google to see what's going on currently. But that is one that is going on as we are recording this now. It'll be linked down in the show notes and all of the AdSense revenue will be donated to Black Lives Matter. I personally found that acknowledging our own white privilege is a really good place to start. And I've had so many interesting discussions with friends and family offline about this. I'll add in the show notes a link to Courtney Arn, who shared a helpful infographic on what white privilege means. But I also encourage you to do some research on this. Christabel Plummer started off the week talking about the importance of diversifying your social media feed. And it's been so incredible to see so many amazing Instagram accounts shared this week. Some I already followed and some I hadn't yet discovered. And now my feed is just so full of inspiration. So I'll link some accounts in the show notes that I think you guys will enjoy following. I started reading Candice Brathwaite's book, I Am Not Your Baby Mother, last weekend, and I followed Candice for such a long time and I love her content. The book is an insight into what it's like to be a black British mother, which as a white British mother, I think was very important for me to read. And wow, it's been so insightful. I don't think it's just for mothers though. Anna, I think you'd really like it and Rich will be reading it after me for sure. There's a part of the book where she talks about buying a bugaboo and that has just really stuck with me since I read it. I've almost finished and I would highly recommend it. I will definitely be adding that one to my list and another one to add to your list. Um, I've just finished The Vanishing Half by Britt Benet. Um, It's literally just been published in the UK. I had it on pre-order and it is such a brilliant read. Um, But Lily and I just urge you to support the people that you're learning from and we will add a list of charitable organisations to donate to in the show notes. Um, We'll actually be donating all advertising revenue from the month of June to Black Minds Matter. And it's a charity that supports making mental health topics relevant and accessible for all Black people in the UK by connecting Black individuals and families with professional mental health services. The conversations and the actions need to continue though. This isn't just a one week Instagram trend and we're both committed to further educating ourselves on becoming better allies and supporting the Black community both online and offline. Please check out the show notes for all the links that we've shared. And if you click on anything this week, make it those ones. So for the next category, it's top of the box where I usually share things that I've been watching on TV because before doing this, I don't think I realized how much <laughs> me and Rich watch in a week. I've like always got more than one recommendation. And Anna has a film club with her friends because guys, if you don't know Anna, oh my God, she's like, hasn't seen any, well, now you have, but before <laughs> this, Anna hasn't seen any film ever. So I just love that you're doing a film club and she usually updates us on that. Okay. So it's actually been a while since I've spoken about film club. So I have quite a few to talk about here, but it's basically me and Mark and then our friends that technically live up the road but obviously we're in lockdown and then our friends that live in Amsterdam we have a quick little FaceTime then each week we take it in turns to pick a film and then we'll each press play at the same time and then afterwards we FaceTime and we mark out of 10 and because we're nerds we have an Excel document and everything (laughs) where we keep note of all of our scores and like yeah make notes whatever um, so a couple of films I've watched over the last couple of weeks. Can I just say, we've watched something crazy, like 25 films during lockdown. It's amazing. It's such a good idea. I love it. It's really fun. Genuinely like one of the highlights of my week. Um, so my friend Steve picked the film Do the Right Thing, um, which tells the story of racial tensions in Brooklyn during a hot summer's day in the 1980s. Um, I don't quite know how to put the ending into words, but it's just very important and tragically poignant to watch right now it's a spike lee film really good highly recommend and we have a new category a wild card category where we basically like spin this wheel that has all of like 
the years on since they've started um, making note of like the top 10 grossing films of that year. And then we have another wheel that we spin that is like the number one to 10. So we ended up spinning the number 1991 and we spanned the number four. So we ended up watching the fourth top grossing film of 1991. <laughs> Which Gosh, was? We are nerds. <laughs> Drum roll. I've always was... wanted to know what the fourth grossing film in 1991 was. <laughs> it was Hook. Oh, it was oh I love Hook. It, Mark loved it. it. It really divided the group. Half had watched it as kids, so had that nostalgic, like, I watched this all the time when I was a kid. And then half of us like hadn't. So we were like, mm, watching this as an adult probably isn't the same. Um, but it was a fun thing to do, like a nice little wildcard pick. It was very entertaining. Um, and then it was my pick. We got back to my turn and I picked Tangerine. Um, it's a dark comedy about trans street culture in LA. And it was all shot on iPhone. And it actually features two trans actors um, who played the characters brilliantly. Um, Cindy and Alexandra. And it's it's like a tale of like friendship and then a side of LA that you don't see depicted very often in films it was really interesting and like all shot on iPhone very artsy very cool and then um, my friend Sally picked An American in Paris and we watched it last night it's a Gene Kelly classic he loves tap dancing he tap dances every five minutes (laughs) yeah but it's a good like feel good Sunday classic but what about you come on you're like you're the tv genius here Lily like tell us what we need to be watching (laughs) I've got so much that I've had to like put some like I'll talk about this one next week okay (laughs) but last week um Rich and I watched Little Fires Everywhere on Amazon Prime you've read the book right I love the book yeah it's brilliant I haven't read the book. To be honest, I didn't even know it was a book. Like I often just watch things on TV and have no idea like what they're based on. But now I'm really tempted to read the book. It's originally based on a novel by Celeste Ng and it's set in the 1990s. It's about two families in Shaker Heights, Ohio, uh, where the author actually grew up. And the two families are brought together through their children. I loved it. Reese Witherspoon is incredible in it, as is Kerry Washington, who I love. Like I haven't seen... um, Scandal? What did you say she was in? Scandal. I haven't seen Scandal. Oh, but I immediately great. was like, she's from Save the Last Dance. Oh, <laughs> that's my reference. I do love Save the I, Last Dance. I absolutely loved her in it, as did, I love Lexi Underwood, who played her daughter, Pearl. Um, it was just so, like, gripping and dark, and it's a very, like, female-heavy cast, which I really, really liked. Um, so that's what we watched, like, the week before last absolutely loved it if you're wanting to further educate yourself on racism within the black community i just wanted to quickly recommend a few things to watch like in order of how brilliant i thought they were because they're all amazing when they see us if you haven't seen it i watched it last year absolutely the one of the most incredible things i've ever watched watch that first it's on netflix after that american son which kerry washington is also in um i didn't realize that it's based on a play But I actually put on Instagram, it feels like a play when you're watching it because the whole thing is set in one room and there's only ever like a few actors at the same time. It's really like a very, very powerful thing to watch. And then after that 13th, this was something that was recommended to me on Instagram. It's more like documentary style. I learned a lot about black history, especially in America, something we're not necessarily taught here in the UK at school. And I just thought it was so interesting. So have you seen those, Anna? When they see us, American Sun and 13th. They're all on my list. I remember oh my you God, saying you'd about, absolutely love them. Um, in that order. <laughs> in the, I love that. In that order. I remember you talking about um, When They See Us last year and it just sounds incredible. So good. I would even say add that to your film club because it's almost like a film. So, so good. Um, so yeah, those are all my top of the box recommendations for this week. I love every time you say top of the box. Like how proud <laughs> are you of, of making that? Of course, Lily came up with that one, guys. You know, Lily was yeah. like, we need something that's like, you know, about like TV and film. Top of the box. Like, okay, Lily. Yeah, <laughs> She's the one who comes up with all the catchy phrases. <laughs> I love it. Reminds me of top of the pop. My oh, fave. I love top of the pop. 7.30 every Friday night. Hashtag memory. <laughs> The next category is show and tell, which again, just does what it says on the tin. Previously in our IG lives, this was like a beauty category, Um, but people were like, we just, just anything, just like whatever you want to show and tell. So this might be beauty. It might be some like camping chairs that I've bought that I want to talk about. (laughs) Um, Although this week I do have a beauty pick. Lily, what is your pick for this week? This week, just as a quick disclaimer, I'm actually working with this brand, but this is not part of the job. 
It's actually a product from Kate Somerville, a skincare brand I absolutely love. She has brought out a new range called Delicate, which is aimed at people with kind of sensitive skin, irritated skin, and it's all like fragrance-free, which I'm so excited about. When a skincare brand I love brings out a fragrance-free range, I'm just like so there. This is her recovery cream. It's basically, let me open it up and Ooh, show you ASMR. Oh, ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really, really thick moisturizer, but it's. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I'm laughing because me and Lily are on a Skype call, so we can see each other when we do this. And Lily is showing me as though I'm watching a live YouTube video. <laughs> every guys, we're YouTubers. Like we forget every night. She's brought it close to the camera. That's it. Hold, hold your hand behind it so it comes in focus. Like this just shows we we are so just like YouTubers in our head. <laughs> Everything's so visual. That's so funny. Anyway, it's a very it's a very thick moisturizer, but it's lightweight, so it doesn't feel heavy on the skin. But I literally just like cover my face in it at night and I love it and it's you know it's good for lockdown skin we're all a bit dehydrated at the moment I think yeah I think everyone's got like stressed kind of dry freaked out skin and for me I've, I've been I got sent it and I did use it for one night but I'm trying really really hard just to like use up what I've got before I try something new but I did try it for one night just like a one night special and it was proper nice and I was like oh yeah I can't wait to like finally use this up yeah. um my one this week is one that I've like shown in a few videos shown on my Instagram but CND Clay Canyon Nail Polish um, is a delight. I actually haven't got it on my nails now. I, again, I'm doing that thing. I'm holding my nails up to Lily, <laughs> like, like you guys can see. Um, I helped a friend paint a fence this week. And uh, let me tell you, fence painting is not great for the gel manicure. So they had to come <laughs> off. Um, but it's just like a soft, it is, it is Clay Canyon. It's such a good name for it. It's like a soft clay kind of pink blush um I terracotta-ish yeah yeah like a little bit a little bit terracotta a little bit kind of like orangey very warm Um, I'm not really into like colored nail polish too much these days I feel like me and Lily back in the day we loved a Maximilian Strausser yeah I can't believe I used to wear blue all the time (laughs) all the time like bright pink bright blue and now I'm definitely more of like a, a neutral nail girl but having a bit of pink on my nails I've still got it on my toes and it just it just cheers me up um, I get it from Nail Supply UK. I'll put it in the show notes, but it's just such a nice, like, fun, summery colour. Oh, you always make me want to get, like, a gel manicure kit. So really, now's the time. Now is the time. <laughs> it really is. Okay, our next and final category is 100% yum, something we have eaten, something we've drank, and we want to recommend to each other and to you guys. So my pick this week, not so relevant this week because the weather has been quite dull, but last week especially, it's this. It's from a brand called Funkin Pre-Batched Cocktail. So it's a pina colada mix. Like, here's some more ASMR. That makes oh, me no. do that. <laughs> That makes me the toilet. That makes me the toilet. That's not the same. Sorry, sorry. It's not the same. It says on the front, just add rum. And I know that it's probably quite easy to make a pina colada, but guys, you know when it's just hot and you just want to like have a pina colada (laughs) and you don't want to make it, all you need is this, a bit of rum, a bit of ice, zhuzh it up. Not with the rum. I don't really know. Rich makes it for me. I'm not going to lie. I don't really know how to do it, but it tastes delicious. And I'm just here for it. Like we add it to our delivery it's delicious oh here you go it says on the side ice in spirit in mix it in shake and serve oh i think that sounds delicious i love a pina colada that is my like holiday drink pina colada espresso martini white russian amaretto sour any of those i'm happy but pina colada in the summer that would be at the top for me me too. I just, I love it so much. Oh, one now. Can I just say, every time you say 100% yum, I feel like we almost need a, um, like a sting, like a t- yeah. and then like a crunch. <laughs> or something like 100% yum. <laughs> I have something to talk about that we made this week that sounds, it's one of those things that doesn't sound particularly spectacular, but let me tell you it is. 
the Waitrose and Partners recipe for sweet potato, broccoli, and feta frittata. Your recommendations are always going to be so much more fancy than mine. I can just tell this is, this is, this is a pattern. My feta broccolini, what did you say? What is it? It's sweet potato, broccoli, and feta. Do you say frittarini? Is it broccolini? Oh, is there broccoli. such a thing as broccolini? Like a baby broccoli? Anyway, sorry, carry on. Didn't mean to interrupt. Sounds delicious. I tell you what, it is so good and it's one of those things you can like make a massive frittata and then eat the leftovers the next day me and mark went for a walk and we took the leftovers the next day with like a little salad and we like sat and then sat at the top of the hill it was actually really cold it has been quite cold this week we were freezing our tits off on the top of the hill eating our frittata feeling extremely fancy because normally whenever i went on walks when i was a kid i had like a warmed up tuna roll you know that that was like the lunch so we were like check us out it is delicious it's one of those things takes like a while to make initially but then like the leftovers they just keep going it was filling it's kind of healthy it's delicious again recipe in the show notes just really tasty i think that sounds like a really nice poem at the top of the hill with a frittata freezing my tits off (laughs) (laughs) maybe gcse poem At this point, we normally share any like additional updates that we have. You got anything else to share, Lily? Like, I'm I'm done. I've just written no other updates in in my notes. Are you the same? No update. This is usually where I, I update you guys on how my couch to 5k is going, but I'm I'm a bit embarrassed this week. It's the rain. I just I have no motivation. The only slither of motivation I had was the good weather, and now that's gone. I'm like, sorry, it's raining, and you expect me to go and run? I just. <laughs> I just, sorry, that's not going to happen. Oh, I've really slipped off the, the, the. I don't know what the word is. I'm not doing it basically, but I will, I will. I think the weather's going to improve this week. And I, will, I think I'm just going to have to redo week two instead of moving forward. But that's week fine, three. right? Like that's the beauty of it. You can just redo weeks until you feel like happy with them. You feel confident with them. Like that's 100% cool. Okay, good. <laughs> to be fair, I've been the same with workouts this week. Like this week has not been the week of workouts. Um, but I actually messaged my spin studio when they closed down and just said like, hey guys, if a spin bike ever becomes available, like shout, I'm I'm very, very interested. And um, they started like renting them out. So you can like rent a spin oh, wow. bike and they will deliver it to your house. Um, and I think this week um, I'm going to get one. And it's going to, I mean, it, that's crazy. I mean, it, I asked for the dimensions. It's going to not look the best. But I'm like, you know what? It's fine. I can just like move it into the big, in the middle of the room, do my little workout. Because I was using Mark's bike, but obviously Mark's bike is made for a six foot two man. And let me tell you, men's bike saddles are painful. Extremely, extremely painful, guys. Like, there's bruising. Like, it's yeah. not great. Um, oh. So I'm very excited to hopefully, like, support a local business, support my local studio. And, um, yeah, hopefully, like, rent the bike. And spinning with Anna, new thing, in my front room. Hashtag <laughs> spinning with Anna. Um, that yeah, sounds I'm good. I'm excited for that. I'm excited. Anything else to add or should we head on to part two? Let's head on to part two. Let's do it. So on to part two of our podcast where we take some questions for you guys. We discuss a topic. And like Anna said, this week, kind of making it about us. But for those of you who maybe don't know like our story, who we are, why are these two chicks making a podcast? Um, let's chat about, you know, how we met how we yeah. started in this industry, what we were doing before. All, all I was thinking then, Lily, was like, two chicks make a podcast. Great name for a podcast. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. it. It's cool. <laughs> we're stuck with At Home with Lily and Anna. Um, so before blogging, I guess we'll just like talk through our little like origin stories. Um, I... I studied psychology at the University of Nottingham and I always thought maybe I'd go into like HR, PR. Like I just, I wasn't really sure. I was like, I'm quite happy to have a job that maybe doesn't suit me, but I just want to work for a company that I feel super passionate about, super into. So I was like, HR, HR manager of Mac. I was like, that's that's kind of like where I was aiming for and what I really wanted to do. And coming out of uni, I sort of applied for graduation schemes. I didn't get any grad schemes. Um, I went in to do more like internship stuff and that was at PR agencies and so that was kind of the route I was going down like beauty PR and and Lily was kind of the same and but back at uni I mean I started my blog when I was in the second year of uni so that was 2010 it was called Viviana Does Makeup back then and it was very much just like me with my long hair my fake tan 
like concealer lips, fake like lashes. fake lashes, <laughs> the whole shebang. Um, just talking about like just makeup. And obviously I was a student at the time, so I was putting work into it, but not, you know, not full time. And then I just sort of developed over the years. I started my YouTube channel six months later. Instagram became a thing. Twitter became a thing. I finally got a BlackBerry. And then that was the end of me like doing work in lectures full stop. And yeah, over time, it just, it developed into something that I never thought it could be. It was, it was still a hobby. And at that point I was earning very small amounts of money through doing it, not something that would have been sustainable as a full-time job. But then that changed. Like how many years in would you say it changed for you? Sort of like two, three, four years? Sorry, I'm in, I'm in awe of your spiel. I really enjoyed that. Really? Oh, I felt like I was like sitting in on like a Viviana Does Makeup interview. <laughs> I yes. love that. Well done. Thanks. Um, Thanks. Sorry. What was the question? <laughs> I was like, how many years in did it sort of change for you? 2013, I think. So yeah. a few years in. I was the same. I studied marketing, advertising and PR at uni. The only reason, I mean, I never thought I was going to go to university. I didn't really want to and um, didn't see the point. I just applied for one because my careers teacher was like, just do it. Didn't even get the grades I needed. I was really not academic at school, but they accepted me. So, and I went and it turned out to be the best thing I ever did. I absolutely loved the environment compared to school and I ended up getting a first and really enjoyed marketing and advertising. Uh, I always thought I was going to go into advertising because I just didn't really know what else to do. My uncle worked in it and in the summers and after school, I worked at his production company as a runner on adverts and just found it fascinating. So that's what I thought I was going to do. And like Anna, I started my blog at uni, but mine was actually... Anna's was more just on the side. You kind of thought of doing it yourself. Mine was encouraged as part of the course to start a Twitter, start a blog. Um, I really didn't want to start a Twitter, but I, I actually read blogs. So I was like, okay, this is quite cool. Everyone else like quit the next day because it wasn't compulsory. And I just carried on and really enjoyed it. So like Anna carried on blogging after uni. And actually for me, like my blog was the reason why I got many internships after after uni. It was like, a way to stand out against everyone else. Like, look at this thing that I've got that I work on. I'm really passionate about. Did loads of different internships. Like I had two pages worth of internships because <laughs> I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Ended up work, ended up as an intern, worked my marketing manager, a beauty brand. And that's where we met. Yeah. Isn't it? And that's so that before of... we were full time. We were both working in beauty brands. Yeah, I think that's kind of where it changed. It must have been, yeah, 2013. I, I met yeah. Lily. I met blogging many other... events had started. Yeah, like I met other people from the the beauty world. I'm, I remember mm. meeting Lily Melrose, and she was the first blogger I'd ever met. Who like this was her main job. She didn't have any other jobs, and I was like, came home. I said to my dad, I was like, Dad, I met this girl who like just does this. Like it, it blew my mind. Like yeah, obviously beauty brands weren't working with people the way they do now. Um, it was mainly your earnings then were through display ads, which again, aren't really a thing on blogs now, you know, your YouTube AdSense. Yeah, a big change for me was I worked with a girl called Zoe London, who also was a blogger. And like you, I was like, wow, Zoe. there's other bloggers. Who knew we'd gone three years without meeting anyone else who did this. Our friends thought we were crazy. And she was much more into it than I was. She was like doing blog posts about Ella Masca. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that it could be more than just like a diary. Like you could actually review products and things like that. So she really got me into it even more. And then Anna and I met at a blogging event. So when blogging events started, oh my God, we were just like, what? Like at the beginning, you just didn't speak to brands. It really wasn't about that at all. I feel like blogging events were a huge turning point, not only because it was connecting us with the brands, it was also connecting us with other bloggers. And it was this, it was a really exciting time. And that for me opened up the possibility of like, oh, this could be my full-time job. I mean, I, I was earning barely anything, but I was just like, what if I can turn that barely anything into something? If I could match the salary that I'm currently getting, like how wild would that be? Exactly. Do I just need to put more work into it? Like I, I was just working it out in my head, like trying to put all of the pieces of the puzzle together. But that for me, like there was a huge shift. Like at the beginning of the year, I never would have thought I'd ended up like at the beginning of 2013, I never would have thought I'd, I'd end up where I was at the end of 2013. Same. I felt like I got to the point where I was, I had a full-time job, but I was also kind of running this blog full-time. Every evening I was going to events all weekend. Yeah. I was taking photos and scheduling blog posts for the week. And I felt like I wasn't fully giving everything to my main job. So I felt like, well, whilst I'm living at home, I'm so lucky to have this opportunity. Let's give it a go. And I gave myself three months, basically. I remember saying by January, so I don't remember what month, a few months before that, by January, if I'm not kind of 
I mean, if I'm not earning X amount, really, because, you know, I wasn't going to just live at my parents and not, I think everyone thought, oh, your daughter lives with you and doesn't earn any money. And I was like, I'm really trying to make this a thing. And as soon as I feel like I don't know about you, as soon as I put everything into it and I had seven days a week to contribute towards my blog, my analytics just shot up, everything changed. And I was like, wow, who knew this could actually be a job? Yeah, I, I was exactly the same. Like I knew that I wasn't giving my all to my full-time job. Like like Lily, I was doing a beauty editorial stuff for a beauty brand at the time. And like, I was going in, I mean, it's terrible when I think about it now. I was going in and like using their internet connection <laughs> to upload my YouTube videos, and like have my own personal laptop, like open under the desk, like how unprofessional, like how, <laughs> how dare I? Like, I cannot believe that I did that. But I was the same. I was working up in London, but living down in Brighton and I was writing my blog posts on the train, like on my iPad, on the way to work in the morning. On my way back from work, I was answering like email correspondence, tweet, Twitter, like tweets, like emails, that kind of thing. And then I'd spend my weekends um, taking on my photos, recording all my videos for the week, editing, getting them ready to go. My parents' internet connection, I, I too lived at home at that point, was so bad. I had to upload videos overnight. Like it would yeah, take I like nine hours. Nine hours. <laughs> it was always nine hours. Always nine that. hours. Like I'd wake up and I'd be like, oh, only 10 minutes left. Um, but yeah, but like no that. one else, no one else was doing it. We had no one to go by. This industry didn't exist. And I, I, I now when I look back, I can't believe we almost carved out and created an industry, not us, like all of us, but we really were there for each other because we encouraged each other. We gave each other the confidence to leave our jobs when our friends and family thought we were absolutely crazy. We kind of, you know, spurred each other on. And Definitely. I'm so grateful for that. Like we met at the right time. We were really the perfect little friendship for each other at that time, especially. I feel like this goes into the first question perfectly, which has come from Tiana Violiotis and Lucy Smith. And they both asked, when did we first meet and what were our first impressions of each other? Did you like each other straight away or did you grow on each other? <laughs> I love this oh question. Oh my God. We met for the first time at Zoe London, who I mentioned earlier. Her, she collaborated and made her own lipstick which was yes. so mad then to be doing so that. cool and like ahead of the times but I had seen you at previous things before so like like we mentioned these blogging events were becoming like more of a thing Lily worked for one company I worked for another company they were kind of rivals we like knew of each other our bosses would be like hey like do you want to have a chat with that girl who works at that company so like we knew of each other but I, w I was too scared to say hi I was too scared I was like Ooh. yeah I was just like I don't hi. really I mean I thought the worst memory I don't really remember but I just remember that you were glam I, Anna's changed no offense not that you're not glam now but Anna's like drastically changed since her beginning of her career as I feel like I haven't as much you had this like long amazing hair and like massive lashes and fake you were like terrifying you look like <laughs> a real like popular girl like I was like oh my god oh my god as the girl who used to like hold everyone's bags whilst they played kiss chase <laughs> with the boys like wow I've never been called that ever you just had such a thing like you knew your thing you were Viviana does makeup you were like fully beauty as I feel like at that point I was still figuring out what my thing I mean I'm still I'm still figuring out what my thing is <laughs> Aren't but we all? I was like whoa I'm at a beauty event she's like one of the like really big beauty bloggers <laughs> oh my god it's so weird to hear you say it because I would see Lily and be like Oh, that's, she's so cool. Like she lives in London, like, and obviously I'd seen her stuff. And then one time it was, it was just at that Zoe London lipstick launch. I just like went over and was just like, Hey, like, and from that point on, I feel like the rest is, the rest is history. Did, you, I mean, you come across so well when you first, you're very friendly. I, my whole life, my feedback has been when people first meet me, they're like scared of me and they think that I'm like a bit rude and then they get to know me. Like, did you, do you remember feeling like, hmm, she's a bit unfriendly? No, not once I actually started to talk to you. I was too scared. <laughs> I remember seeing you at the Look Beauty event. Do you remember that yeah. one? Yeah. Um, I remember seeing you at the Look Beauty one and I was just like, oh no, she looks too cool, man. She looks too cool. Like, no. <laughs> you got to remember, like, I have a lifetime of like not being cool. Do you know what I mean? If, if there's someone <laughs> who's all. very cool, I'm like, nah, that's that's not for me. <laughs> but it just shows how we all think we're not cool and someone else is because I thought yeah. the same thing. I would never have thought of myself as cool ever. But I feel like once we got chatting, that was just it. I think we filmed some yeah. collab videos. You came around for dinner. I basically started like almost living around your house. Like it was, yeah. it was just a, it was like we were in the same boat and I think we just it, got each other. 
It wasn't a slow burner. It was no. instant love. <laughs> yeah, seriously, it was. <laughs> Fern Hunt asked, was there ever a time when either of you thought about giving up your content creator jobs and going back into something more conventional or stable? I think that question is quite interesting. The convent, well, not conventional, but stable. Because actually, what job is stable? Although ours feels like it isn't because we work for ourselves and, you know, we can't control our income. I think when I had a conventional job, I kind of didn't feel that stable either. I mean, yeah, I I think for me, I am a planner. I I mean, I would love to have like a five-year plan that I knew that I could execute. Like that to me is just like, oh yeah, the dream. I, I think that is what has been the biggest learn of this, having this as a career is you can't plan and almost like you said, nothing, nothing is stable, especially in yeah. like today's economy. Like nothing is necessarily forever. Nothing is 100% stable. Nothing is 100% always there. So I think I've sort of, I've had to deal with my own like preconceptions of the fact that there are stable jobs. Yeah. When actually maybe there, maybe there isn't. Like I know that in the jobs that I was in previously, a lot of the work I was doing was temporary. Like the whole reason I left my job was because... I was being given an ultimatum of like, what's working out isn't working out. You're either going to have to work here full time or not at all. So yeah. And even even when I had a full time job, it would get to like three years and I'd know like, I need to probably start looking for a new job now. You know, that constant pressure to like keep your CV going and yeah. Yeah. And just being happy in your job. I think that's what, what we're really lucky. And whenever there's bad times or bad days and you're like doubting your job, I just try and remember all the amazing parts of our job and how lucky we are. And they always outweigh the negative. So I don't think there's ever been a time where I've really, really considered, got to the point where I thought, "Mm, I'd rather do something else. But there's definitely been times where I haven't enjoyed my job, like every job. Yeah, I think every job has good and bad. Like there is, there's no like perfect job, but I think you're so right. We've both done things in the past that I can realize, I, I accept like how lucky we are to have crafted this like and I just I wouldn't have it any other way and for the things which are maybe like not great I don't know like I'll I'll take it I'll I'll honestly take it for to get the chance to like be your own boss like I never thought I would have that opportunity I never thought I would be in this position I feel very lucky very grateful and yeah I think quite honestly I, I don't think I have no me either. I love this question. This question comes from Lizzie Beach and she asked, when you started, who was your dream brand to work with that became a reality? And who is a brand that you'd love to work with on a joint collab in the future? I'll go first. Um, my dream brand to work with that became a reality was 100% Space NK. And for me, I mean, we, we've been so lucky to collaborate with them many times over the years, but I think it's that Space NK to me holds like such a personal place in my whole like blogging journey. I mean, I used to like boots, super drug. I was there, I was filling up my basket. I was getting my boots at Vantage Card Points. And then I remember watching Ingrid Nilsson's videos, Miss Glamorazzi, you know, and she would always talk about NARS eyeshadows. Like those ashes to ashes, Mykonos, all of these colors that she loved. And one time my sister came to visit me at uni and she was like, oh, you know that Ingrid gets all this stuff from a brand called NARS and NARS is available in Space NK. So I went to the Space NK in Nottingham and I was just like, oh, holy cow, this is this is like a whole new world. Like it was as though a whole new world opened up. I was like, hello, student loan. I'm just gonna eat baked beans, it's cool. And Space NK became like I was like I can just I can just take books out of the library it's fine I don't need to spend money on books I need to spend money here and buying like that first ever like NARS it was like a NARS cream eyeshadow in the shade Mykonos I remember it and I feel like in my makeup journey Space NK has been such a big part of it and getting the chance to partner with them over the years is like always the coolest thing it's like one of my favorite places to shop it's just amazing. I totally agree with Space NK. Like the same, very much a part of like beauty journey. My mum has been shopping there since it opened. I actually remember when the brand launched and she would always go there and buy like diptyque perfumes. And uh, I love, I was obsessed with my mum's perfume collection. So that to me was also like a big one to work with. I can't think of any other examples. This is what happens when I have to think on the spot. I can't think of any job I've ever done with any brand ever. So frustrating. My brain is so bad on the spot. Um, I, we don't work with any brands that we don't love. So I genuinely get excited by every brand deal and every brand we get the opportunity to work with. 
It's always so exciting. I thought of one for both of us. Oh my God. Go on. Domino's. Oh, what a dream. <laughs> I think I worked at Domino's when I was pregnant, which just makes the whole thing so much better. That was a dream. Honestly, Domino's, I, I said to my managers, I was like, if we can ever pull anything off Domino's, like I'm retiring, like this, that is the end. Like that is the end goal for me. And then it happened and I was like, right, okay, that's it. I'm packing up. Like Domino's has happened. I, I just, I'm obsessed with Domino's. Oh my gosh. Can you tell I'm hungry? I really need to eat some lunch. Oh my God. Me too. I would love a Domino's. Oh, maybe want <laughs> Is there a brand that we'd love to work with on a joint collab in the future? Oh, I do... Are there in Domino's toppings? Oh my God, Domino's pizza with like half pepperoni mushroom because that's my topping and half, well, you just do pepperoni, don't you? I like just pepperoni or pepperoni and sweet corn. It's very controversial. Mm, That'll do. Occasionally without cheese, which again, a lot of people have issue with. I'm so sorry. Me included. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Marissa Christina asked, how do you think creators will evolve to the new normal post lockdown? How do you think the beauty industry will tackle the change? And do you think press trips will still happen? There's been a lot of like Zoom events. So instead of press events, they've been doing it via Zoom. And we've actually spoke to a beauty brand recently that said they were like overwhelmed with the response, especially from content creators who don't live in London or live somewhere where they can't easily get to London. And they're like, this is the first time I've been able to actually feel involved in an event, which is amazing same for me since having gray like I haven't been able to get to events I've like stopped going on press trips and it is really nice to still feel like connected to the industry by you know having a half hour zoom once you've put your baby to bed so I think that's gonna hopefully continue especially if it's just for you know often sometimes events they really benefit from having everyone there and sometimes it's just to launch a new product and it's not worth going all the way into town for when you can do a quick zoom I think that there's gonna be a lot more of that going on yeah, I think there's been a lot of learns for people in terms of we can all keep in contact really quite easily virtually. Um, and we've been, you know, having Zoom meetings with people. And obviously, like, Lily has grey and I don't live in London. So I think I'm like, oh, OK, that's that's kind of interesting for people that we can we can still be part of this and we can still meet and still develop relationships, but not have to have that, like, face-to-face necessarily. And I think in terms of press trips, like, I think it'll be a long time till press trips happen again because because of safety like safety is paramount here guys like no brand would want to put people in danger and yeah it's, it's going to be a long time till you know worldwide travel just to go to some like fancy schmancy place for the launch of a product feels very like frivolous as well right now and I think we were, we're, we're quite lucky that we're used to making content at home, but for the content creators who are used to traveling a lot and relying on that for content, I think it's probably made people realize that they can get a bit more creative with their content, be yeah. at home and use what's around them. I've seen like so much cool stuff online. So hopefully that will show people that you can do this job wherever you are and yeah. whatever you've got around you. It's made me so excited for a UK holiday as well. Like my family go to the Lake District once a year and we've had to postpone this year and we'll go next year. But I'm just like, oh, I love a a UK holiday. And I'm very into all of these like travel bloggers like sharing their UK tips. So I think that's very cool. Emma Sear asked, being in the same industry, how did you both manage when one of you got offered a job and the other didn't? Or one of you hit a career milestone before the other? Did you have an open conversation about when something bothered you? Or have you always just understood it comes with the territory? And how has the dynamic changed since your content has changed? Lily, more baby stuff. Anna, more baking cooking. I feel like I want to say like Sophie Turner. And that's the tea. I'm like, ooh, (laughs) this is very like, ooh, and that's the tea. (laughs) I don't think we've ever like actually had like a full on chat about this. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think, because we're not, we're not very confrontational people and we're not, but we're also not like grudge holders, which is why our friendship works. Because if there ever are issues, they be very, both very good at moving on quickly. Yeah. Don't you think? And I I think also you can't, like, ultimately there are going to be brands where like Lily feels more of a better fit or brands where I feel more of a better fit. And how cool would it be to do like everything together? But we know that that's not always the case I think that's something that we had to kind of build a bridge and get over like very early on in all definitely at the beginning we would like you know sometimes if a brand would come to me I'd say "Mm, do you know what this is a better fit for Anna I've never felt jealous all the time (laughs) yeah if anything like if I'm totally honest if a brand say that I would love to work with works with you it's not a reflection on you I would just want to find out more about why maybe the brand 
what you know maybe they want to work with me for the next campaign like that's just more on me wanting to work with the brand um I don't think we've ever had major issues but if I'm totally honest and holding my hands up here the only time I've felt like jealousy is after having grey but that's not on Anna that's totally on me and that's my hormones it's so crazy when you have a baby your hormones just feeling left out of everything this is like feeling left out of brand trips feeling left out me wanting to work but not being able to like whenever my mind went to that dark place of like "Mm, Anna's doing this Anna's doing that I would just remind myself I'd talk to Rich about it I'd remind myself like this isn't on Anna this is on me this is my feelings and how I feel about something because of my situation yeah and only I could do something about that so you just have to allow those feelings to come and then learn how to like push them aside and move on and not let it affect your friendship and I think, like you said, when we're really good at like not holding grudges. So it's not like, oh my God, we didn't talk or like there might be a day in the future where I have a kid and then it'll be the same sort of feeling in the same, in, but in the opposite direction. So I'd, I think we're quite, we just sort of understand that there's like, there's dips and peaks yeah. and troughs. Like there might be a time where Lily's videos are getting like way more views than I am. That's fine. Like, we're not really jealous people, are we? No, because I, I, I don't think you can be in this industry because there are so many people doing similar things. And I think you really have to just like put blinkers on and like focus on your own lane when it comes to like analytics or anything like that. I, I don't think you can like constantly be looking sideways and comparing yourself to other people because I, I think it would ruin you. Like I, I really do. Also, I think in the early days, if you're new to this job and you're struggling with that feeling of feeling jealous of friends or other content creators, in the early days, it really helped me to kind of show support. So if I saw a video of yours and I thought, oh, I was going to make that video, or like, oh, that video is so good. I'd message you and be like, that video was so good. I was going to do it, but you did it so much better. Like, amazing, well done. Like, it's got such a good reaction. And then it makes makes you feel better, which may be a bit selfish, but it works. It encourages you to take those negative thoughts and turn them into something positive. Totally. Yeah, I'm so I so 100% agree with that. Like, it, it would be so silly for us to sit here and be like, we've never felt a little bit jealous of the other one. Like, that's just a natural feeling that's like always going to happen. But it's not nice to sit on those feelings. I feel like mm-hmm. if you just sit on it, it just grows. And it gets worse. It's always better to talk about. I think me and you work better in a friendship when we talk often. Like, I think us having this is, like, brilliant. Like, yeah, and I think is. this has, like, kept us really, like, in the loop. I think we work better together when we're just we're keeping in contact like even if it's like little and often and you might find the same like in your friendships or your work relationships whatever it is like because obviously we have both we have a friendship but we have a work working relationship too I think we've learned what works best for us and I think generally just like touching base often is like good for us definitely definitely this podcast (laughs) Okay, so we have the final question from Lana Grez. Since the industry changed so much, would you start a blog or a YouTube channel in 2020 if you hadn't back then? Let's make this a yes or no answer and let's answer after three. Would you start your blog and YouTube channel in 2020? One, two, three, no. No. No, oh my God, you said no as well. No. No. And 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 I, do you know what, since starting this, I've never wanted to encourage younger people to get into this. It cringes me out when, you know, they talk about in schools of teaching people how to become content creators, which is terrible. I shouldn't be ashamed of my job. But I think the way we came into this has made such a difference to who we are as content creators. And I think how it is now is just so different. And I don't think it would appeal to me as a job now. I think you're you're right in terms of how we came to it. We came to it because it was a hobby. Like we both did this for two, three years without earning a penny. Like it was fully just a a side hobby, a fun thing to do. Like that was brilliant. But I I think if I was coming to it now, I I would be, especially as a 30 year old woman, like I I don't think I would have the time that I had as a 20 year old, like a 20 year old student when I was just like, oh, I really don't want to study. So I'll just make a video. I really don't want want to like practice for my tests. So I'm going to like write a blog post. I don't think I would have the time and the, the energy to put in the consistency that you need to make this into a job but would I want to make it into a job I don't know I was I was really conflicted by this question because I feel like by answering no it makes it sound it makes me sound like ungrateful no because I think we found a way to make to to we found a way to be grateful for what we've got but coming into it now would be so different be so overwhelming I think if if I wasn't doing this full-time 
if this had never happened, I imagine myself, okay, I wouldn't be as cool as her, but I imagine myself <laughs> being someone like Abby Bergstrom. Yeah. You know, she has a traditional conventional office job. She is employed by someone, but she's also a personality on Instagram and uses Instagram social media quite heavily. I imagine that's what I'd be. I feel like I'd be working in advertising, but maybe I'd also be doing Instagram on the side because you can do that now. Everyone has an Instagram and you can really put effort into that. I imagine it being more that kind of balance than a full-time thing. Also, I miss having colleagues. Like I would, I would really like working in an office team environment again. I think for me, I, I agree that I would probably, I don't think I wouldn't be on it. I wouldn't be like, oh my God, I don't have an Instagram page. Um, my friends have actually just started like a joint book club page. I would I'd be that. I'd be like the third member of that. Like I, I would have something, some kind of like Instagram presence for sure. Like I love Instagram as a platform. But yeah, I think I would have like a little book club like with my friends or something like something quite small. But I think coming into this, you'd have, if you came into this now, you'd be, yeah, what would you be thinking? Like, well, I want a million subscribers in this many years or I want, we, I, I don't know. I don't know It took me like a work. year to learn how to edit videos. Like, Whereas now you'd have to just pay someone to edit them for you. You'd have, you know, most people don't probably film and edit their videos. It's like, it's just so different. You come into it now as a personality, whereas the personality side of our job came after. I, I honestly wouldn't have the time. I think now to like how in those first couple of years, I, did, I didn't have weekends. Like I was literally, every spare second that I had was put into this because, it, because I loved it. I was super passionate about it. And I just don't think I would have the time. That it, that it needs now such an interesting question i've never we, thought about no, it neither and I'm, have I. I'm not surprised at both of our answers i think if we would have discussed it like i would have expected you to say no amazing good question <laughs> great question oh my god have we come to the end of our first episode i think this is the mo this is the moment we've done it what a nice way to spend our monday mornings i'm looking forward to this yeah, this is our new Monday morning routine. Um, thank you so much to everyone who has listened, who has subscribed, who's joined the Facebook group. Much appreciated. I hope you've enjoyed this first episode. It's been like fun to record. It's been so fun to record. If you guys aren't already following us on social media, on YouTube, I'm at Lily Pebbles and Anna is at The Anna Edit. Yes, and don't forget to rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you use. Personally, I do love a bit of Acast. And as we mentioned, there is that Facebook group where we will be taking questions for next week's episode, which I'm looking forward to. It's all about university, graduation, being thrown out into the big wide world. If you have any questions on that, then pop your questions in that group and we will answer them next week. Definitely please go rate and review because the podcast format has changed and we want people to know what it's all about. So we'd love that to come from you guys. Thank you so much to our producer and our editor, Joel Grove. And tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode. See you then. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Lily. Bye, Anna. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>